0: In today's huddle, Bob and John bring in another guest to describe his unique transition from a comfortably numb spiritual life experience to recognizing the blessing of spending time huddling up with other men and becoming a godly kingdom man. Now here's Bob and John. Welcome to another podcast of Huddle Up, and uh, this is John Gildeen and Bob Clark. We're here together with our guest today is Nick and John. Angelic from, uh, you're in Indianapolis, right, Nick?
1: Yep, yep just outside of Indianapolis, West, Westfield.
0: Okay, well, excellent. And uh, we want to welcome Nick. Nick, it's actually such a good, uh, it's so good to hear from you. He started Bob and I on our journey to uh, becoming kingdom men. Um, Nick's group called The Huddle was presented to us at Valparaiso Nazarene Church here in, in uh, Valparaiso. And it was just one of those, uh, it was an informal group of men that got together. And we're going to get into that a little bit more about how Nick started and what prompted him to start that. But it was a group he called The Huddle Up, which obviously, for for obvious reasons, we've stolen that name. I hope you don't mind that, Nick, for our our podcast, both of us. Uh, If it wasn't for you, we probably wouldn't be here today doing this right now. But um, I want to introduce or welcome you and say thank you. And, uh, Bob, I'll let you go ahead and get things started here.
2: Yeah, so I'm excited to have Nick uh, on our podcast. We, uh, Nick and I have become really good friends. We probably talk, I don't know, anywhere from two times a week uh, or four times a week to once a month, just depending on how life's going. And, you know, we've spent a lot of time together on our journey. But as John said, you know, I met Nick at Valparaiso Nazarene Church, and, uh, he was the men ministry leader which we'll get into. Um and he was uh running the huddle and I got to know him and talk to him a little bit there and, and our lives kinda came together there and have, have continued to this point. So you know, Nick I was gonna ask you just to kind of get store why don't you share with the with the listeners your upbringing, just kinda where you grew up and kind of what your family structure was like and, you know, kinda that that that, that background.
1: Well I grew up in Gary, Indiana so I'm a, officially a region rat and uh Mom and dad were both from the former Yugoslavia. So I, I was a little different than the typical cool white guy, but I was raised in the Eastern Orthodox Church. So with that being said, I was raised very religious uh in a very traditional uh church, old world church if you will. And um yeah, family was important, uh faith was important. My dad made sure we were all involved with the church. And he had a strong worth ethic, uh, you know, raised uh, on a farm as a peasant and coming over here and working in the, mil- in the mills. So that's my upbringing And Gary. Uh,
2: you have a couple brothers and sisters? or?
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm the oldest of five. I've got two brothers and two sisters. That's correct.
0: Okay, well, I got I got one for you. Let's see if uh, you can explain to me if uh, there was any time period in your life when you and your wife maybe were not regularly attending church or um, – were attending church but not taking any intentional faith steps other than living a worldly life?
1: Well, for sure, because, again, I was raised Eastern Orthodox. She was raised Catholic. So when we got married, uh, being firstborn, stubborn uh, Serbian head, uh, we got married in the Eastern Orthodox Church, and we attended the Eastern Orthodox Church. uh, And that caused... uh, some issues, for sure. Uh, for one thing, the, the liturgy is uh, 80% in Serbian, which I speak fluently, my wife doesn't, uh, but she, uh, she kept asking questions all the time. Like, Why do they do this? Why do they do that? Why did they? My typical answer was, I don't know, that's just the way we do it. <laughs> so there was a lot of tradition, but I didn't know the, the reason for the traditions at church. And we were going through the motions for sure. And then as our kids came along, same thing. And uh, we were going through the motions, just checking it off the list. But I thought that's all I had to do.
2: What type of duration or time frame would that be for you, Nick, where you were in the Eastern Orthodox Church and kind of checking it off, checking off the box?
1: Yeah, I mean, my whole life till I was 40 years old. So when I got married in my okay. mid-20s, or late-20s maybe, so for, you know, 10, 12 years of that marriage.
0: At what point did you realize you needed to do more? I mean, I guess people could get into that a little bit, but I'm just thinking there's got to be a point where you thought, okay, man, I need more. I got to have more.
1: Well, I don't think I was that smart. I think uh, as a home builder, another gentleman who happened to be, I was building a house for him and he just happened to be a pastor. He knew I needed more. I didn't think I needed more, but he was intentional about evangelizing and and discipling. Well, evangelizing to me, and he kept inviting me to this church. And I said, well, I already go to church. Uh, But he fully knew that being an Eastern Orthodox, chances are I was religious and I didn't have a relationship with Jesus. Mm. And he was right. But again, I didn't didn't go looking. Uh, I think Jesus... God was looking for me and he had to use this particular client that was a pastor, uh, to drip on me. And then he finally asked me to, after several attempts, I just kept saying, no, we, I already go to church. I, I finally accepted his invitation. Uh, cause he kind of hooked me. He said, Hey, we're doing a parenting series. Well, what do you mean parenting series? I mean, the Eastern Orthodox church, we don't do parenting series. We just, talk out of the Bible and sing the same old songs the same old way, do the same old thing the same old way every weekend. The parenting uh, series hooked me. And uh, the only way I can describe it is when I went to the church and heard him preach and realized that was out of the Bible. It was very refreshing. And I thought I'd be one and done and I wouldn't go back. But I had to go back and hear the rest of the series, which was another two weeks, I think and uh I've never really done any drugs but I was hooked and I was addicted to what he was doing up there on Sundays mm. and I got hooked what
2: type what type of church or denomination was it nick
1: it was an evangelical free church okay yeah and it it just so happened to be in a school gymnasium because it was a plant church and that was a real hurdle for an eastern orthodox cuz as an Eastern Orthodox, you can't have church in a school gym. Mm. It's, it's got to be a, a monumental building. which
2: All the statues is, and all the pomp and Yeah, there,
1: stuff, stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. All the collateral stuff. But that's not true, as, as we all know now. Mm. So that hooked me, John. And Bob knows the story. And then uh, I had to go back for another fix. But I had to figure out, how am I going to tell my familia that, i'm not going to church this week here i'm going over there and uh, that caused a lot of friction for several years going back and forth and then finally I, I it made no sense to us as a family and we started going to the evangelical free church full-time but that did cause some collateral damage with the relationships with the family
0: oh, okay see i i know you nick but i didn't know your whole background in, in that. Yeah.
1: Regard. Yeah. Jesus. God was looking for me uh, from my perspective. I didn't go looking for it. And I think a lot of guys are there. I don't think they're necessarily looking or If they are, they're not looking too hard. No, you're right. And that's someone's the- going to have to step in from the outside and say, Hey dude, you're off track.
2: Yeah, you are. Hey dude. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hey hey dude, you are. When you
2: say Nick, there was some, you know, back and forth. Was that mostly between you and Rhonda and your kids, or your brothers and sisters, and your parents?
1: Yeah, all the above.
2: Mm. Okay.
1: So, so as a man of God, looking back, you need to be willing to stand alone if you need to, uh, and do what hopefully God's asking you to do, whether family or wife likes it or not. Uh, we need to obey the Lord, of course, and I learned a lot of that in hindsight. You know, in the rearview mirror.
0: Well, I think you're sometimes you got it.
1: Sometimes yeah, you got to stand alone, but you need to be standing with God. You might be standing alone.
2: Yeah, right. And I, sh- I shared in our
1: actually probably a little less than year, but then the the ripple effect with the family and all that was several years. I would yeah. imagine.
2: I would
0: imagine with with Rhonda going from the Catholic church to the Orthodox church. Now you're here. Now all of a sudden you want to switch churches again. She's just probably like so confused and like torn in different directions. Like what's Nick doing, you know?
1: Yeah. But it was also refreshing to her to get to a service that she could connect with. And it was refreshing for her, even coming from her Catholic background. I I can't speak for her, but it was refreshing for her. I mean, she definitely wanted to go there instead of back to the Eastern Orthodox church. I can tell you that.
2: Right. Well, a, I know Nicks I know Nick's Nick's relationship is similar to mine in that Rhonda's used to wondering where where Nick's going now yeah <laughs> yeah 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 that <laughs> so the same with me like you know' if just wanna, one of Bob's things I'll let him go through it so <laughs> true
0: true well oh, it's amazing I and, and I'm I'm so glad because there are like you said before there's so many men out there that are just they don't know they they don't know and, and they're not looking and, and like you said the Holy Spirit looks for them he goes seeks them out.
1: Sure, and
0: I think that's just. But he's so using funny. us. Yeah, he's, oh,
1: he's yeah. going to use us. We're the ones that need to lean into the other guys. Uh, it's not going to happen from the pulpit. I mean, it just doesn't happen anymore. It's very rare.
2: No, no nobody at the pulpit tells you to to consider going to another church. <laughs> <I> mean, right. <laughs> <after life. laughs> right. So, would you tell us a little bit about kind of that transition? I know it, but you you know you're going from a home builder to ending up at VNC as a men's ministry guy, and so. Sure. Take, the, take the listeners through that a little
1: bit. Sure. So God really got my attention there. I call that the desert season. As, as a builder and developer, I was doing well and living the, cool good life, the American dream. And then the recession of 07, 08, 09 hit, and uh, I couldn't control this. I couldn't fix it. I couldn't cut enough checks. I, I couldn't fix it. I lost everything material-wise, including my house, and I had to move out of my house that I built and all that kind of, you know, all the possessions and the position I had and all the authority and owning my own company, and he stripped me of all that. And uh, it was very difficult to walk through that by yourself or living with your family. I got pretty, we we got pretty involved at the new church and we, we got introduced to these things called small groups, which i never heard of that before. And then we started going to those. And uh, before you know it, we started hosting the small group at our house and uh, that was life changing, uh, which was good. And then that community became, you know, our second family, which impacted me. And we got involved at the church more and more. Uh, and then the bottom fell out, the depression uh, as a home builder back in 07, 08, 09, and we had to move out of our house and uh, i wasn't building houses anymore i lost everything, and because uh, we moved i ended up away from that church it was in crown point we were living over in uh, porter county and we decided hey we're, we're just going to go it's time to maybe find a church closer to us and uh so that i didn't we just happened to land at vnc and after going to vnc for a few weeks i think um uh, the tornado hit down in Tuscaloosa and the church was going down there. So me and one of my daughters went down there with the group and uh, I kind of did my thing. And uh, I quite honestly think Sean Evans seen something or he was prompted and we get back a week or two later and he asked me to be director of men's ministry. And I thought he lost his mind. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, he asked me to be directors of men's ministry. I said, look, I'm a recovering home builder developer. You got the wrong guy. I didn't go to seminary. I didn't walk around the vineyards with the monks. I'm not a theologian. (laughs) You got the wrong guy. And he said, no, we want you to be director of men's ministry. Wow. Uh, I said, "I, I don't know. Uh, we were somewhat involved there at church. We were doing that men's homeless shelter thing on Friday nights or whatever. So I was plugged in, but, to take over something, not even take over; they didn't even have one. So I, I'm going to start something I don't even know nothing about. Hmm. So he just asked me something. Prompted Sean Evans after we spent some time together down in Tuscaloosa, you know, fixing tornado damage.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, and, and so, let me just uh, 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 so that ch-
1: that changed everything.
0: To kind of give the the listeners a reference, what we're talking about the hom- men's homeless shelter. There's uh, a New Creations Men's Homeless Center here in Valparaiso, Indiana, that um, they they provide a a new a different track for men that are homeless and they're are struggling, and there are host churches uh, seven host churches that will house these men and and feed them breakfast, um, in a place to stay overnight, and there's seven churches in the area that get together from the fall to the uh, through the winter and into the early spring. Where these these men can get together and get back on track a little bit as they get their lives back on track. That just a, a brief summary of the men's homeless shelter, but just as in reference to what you mentioned about it. So, um, so what what got you started? And uh, what was one of your first kickoff things to start with the men's ministries at VNC? Uh,
1: not knowing what to do, I, I just do what I normally do, or we all do. I think I Googled it right and tried to figure out well, how do I do men's ministry? And then there's a all kinds of programs and everything out there. So I was overwhelmed. So then I quickly decided I'm going to find a guy who does men's ministry and just do whatever he tells me to do. And I couldn't find anybody. I found a guy in Warsaw, and I found a guy down near Bloomington after just searching and searching. And um, those two guys uh, took the time to meet with me. And then we decided – or they confirmed that here's a couple of programs I think you should look at. Uh, one of them was men's fraternity. And I said, okay, uh, we'll try that. And, uh, I think that was probably one of the first ones we did along with, uh, at the same time, I think the movie courageous, was it? That Christian movie called courageous. You're right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It came out and we did a quick series on courageous. Then we went into men's fraternity and then in the meantime, uh, we got introduced to fight club. And I mean, I could talk for hours on all that connection, but, and then the huddle might've been somewhere in there. Cause that was 12 years ago, John. So I don't remember exactly what came first, but the huddle, I just felt, I started reading. So I need to back up. After I got introduced to that pastor, I built a house for, uh, here's something else I should tell you. You asked for a couple of key things. He, him and I actually started meeting every week After I came to the Lord, I came to the Lord in uh, uh, 2001, March 8th of 2001. And as soon as that happened, uh, he let me know that he wanted to spend a little time with me just to get me going on the right trajectory, if you will. And we went through a quick little book called The Attributes of God, which was only supposed to take, I think, eight weeks or something. And it took us six months. (laughs) And he kept meeting with me once a week for an hour, hour and a half. But I'd start asking too many questions because during the week I'm listening to Moody Radio. So that's the other thing that had a big influence on me. I had time to listen to Moody Radio as a home builder driving around in my truck. So I would come to him at the meeting and say, hey, Erwin Lutzer said, blah, 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 blah. What the heck? And now we'd get sidetracked and have a discussion on that. And that went on for four or five years. We started reading books together, and that had a huge impact on my trajectory Uh, was him, A, reaching out, B, discipling me, and then getting me to read uh, just changed the trajectory. And then the huddle came out because I was reading so much and listening to Moody. I said, I'm just going to share what I heard on Moody and let guys talk, and it just took off from there.
0: That's excellent. Man.
2: Can you you kind of describe... Nick, the, kind of the format of the huddle then, I mean, you know, as sure. you, John and I recall it, but for people that haven't heard of a huddle and kind of how sure. you structured it and how sure. it kind of uh, morphed or developed.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's really fierce conversation. It's really about nowadays I say that all the huddle is, is, is dialogue with guys and, um, uh, It's about impacting their mind so they do some active thinking. That's the bottom line. The huddle is going to impact your mind to do some active thinking. We don't do enough active thinking. Uh, So I'll put a devotional up. I'll show a short video. I'll uh, ask a simple question, and then I'll just be quiet. And usually somebody will break the silence and say something, and then another guy will say something. And then I use the whiteboard to start writing a lot of that up on the board. And then before you know it, we've got – four, five, six other paths we can go, and uh, it's Holy Spirit-led. And uh, everybody gets engaged. They, they see the stuff up on the board. We're all visual. We show a video that's engaging. So it's, it's not one topic. And quite honestly, I don't ever know where it's going to go, and the dialogue is much richer because it's coming from the room. Right. The questions, the answers, I'm, I'm simply facilitating. I am not a teacher. I tell people up front, I, I'm not here to teach you anything. But if you listen and get engaged, you'll learn something. But I'm not here to teach you anything. Yeah. And, so it and, comes from the room. It comes from the room.
0: And I imagine just take that a little step further, how much you learn from that.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I just sit and listen, for sure. Yeah. And then I'll use what they tell me at the next huddle somewhere else, and everybody there will think I'm smart. <laughs> <laughs> but i got it from the from the huddle from the other church right right
0: <laughs> pass your knowledge along but none of my and you know.
1: yeah, none of my stuff's original i just listen and let, <laughs> let the room do what the room's going to do
2: hmm. nick's a professional plagiarist but he does it very well and very articulately <laughs> <laughs> he very takes so, so, something he heard to plagiarize it next thing you know it's a, it sounds like a great idea so, I mean, yeah. that's that's very been very effective very So have you have you taken
0: the, the huddle away from, you know, you take the huddle away from VNC when, when you left the church, but did you take the huddle with you?
1: Oh, yeah. I, we moved from there down to Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, there's several reasons I went down there. Uh, one of the things in my journey is I read the halftime book. And again, long story short, I got introduced to a halftime coach. While I was at Taylor university where my daughter was going and he just happened again, just happened to live in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, so I connected with him. I actually went through the halftime Institute with him, which again has been a privilege and a blessing for me uh, to really dial me in and focus me in on what my calling is, which we can talk for another hour about men finding their true calling. Uh, Most men do not know their calling um, uh, and I think that's dangerous. Yeah.
0: And, and that's what the yeah, huddle. So I
1: did take it down there. I did take it down to, to Nashville. I, I did it at a couple of churches down there. And in the meantime, I got introduced some other, other men's groups that were going on down there. Cause I would always go looking and visiting any place I could find a men's group.
0: Mm-hmm. So you've taken that, the, the huddle, but tell me a little bit about the impact that you've seen on other men, uh, you know, from all walks of life who attended the huddle.
1: Uh, well, we'll use Bob as an example there. I mean, here's a guy who, get, who, again, got invited because one of his friends was going to the huddle and was attending VNC, and he, he was a co-worker of Bob's, and he invites Bob, and Bob ends up walking across the street and going to Bob's church, <laughs> and his whole life has changed now, and now his family and him are all together, and they go to a church that's theirs, uh, yeah. so he's a prime example So it's all those life-changing. I mean, they're all so unique, right? Whether it's a marriage, a relationship, uh, it's just impacting them. So they do some active thinking, and then they're hopefully their lives changed, and maybe they're the next guy that invites the next guy, and you know, the ripple effect. It's just the ripple effect. Right.
2: Nick John and I shared kind of our recollection of you challenging us, like. You know, you kind of pointed out, and I, I've used it with you a number of times that, that T diagram or whatever crossing sure. you and you describe what kind of how you came about that, and most importantly, what you do uh, to challenge men to kind of examine their lives. Because it was very effective and impactful on me.
1: And I'm John. I, yeah, I, I don't know how it came up. It, it was at one of those original huddles, and I just drew the T up there. And on one side, I put everything that was you know, uh, human, that was natural, the earth, physical stuff, man, flesh, everything on the left. And then on the right, everything was supernatural. It was heaven, it was God, it was spiritual. And then you can put the word good under both of those. But what's good on the earth side and human side and flesh side? And what's good on the spiritual God heaven side? And think about it, right? And what is success? on the left side, on the flesh, on the world, on the man side? And what is success on the God side, the heaven side, the supernatural side? Hmm. I mean, there's a huddle session right there. Those two words, and let's talk about the difference depending on which side of the line. So that's, you know, there it is, I guess. The best way I can describe it, I don't know how we came up with
0: it. I was going to say, that's not uh, something you can just teach. It's something that has to be discussed and and thought about.
1: Yeah, because it's different from every guy. Every guy might have a different answer. What's success on this side, and then what's success on the other side? And then we can push it farther. Right. What is success according to the Bible? Let's go look that up, and then somebody in the room has the verses, I and mean, it's not me. I'm not the Bible bullet guy, but all i got to do is wait for the right guy to walk in the room, and he'll say, well, that is is Second Corinthians twelve eighteen or whatever. <laughs> i said, say, all right, tell us what that says.
0: Right, yeah. <laughs> and no.
1: boom, he'll know it. Hmm. So the room brings it all up the room, the guys in the room, yeah. and then it gets really rich, really rich, and deep, really deep. Dude,
2: that was, uh, you know, as much as VNC, we keep calling it VNC, it's Doppel Nazarene Church, and I'd never been to a Nazarene church and didn't know what a Nazarene was when I went there.
1: Right, right. But,
2: uh, you know, one of the, you know, early on, I I, I I, started hearing something different in the sermons, and then I went to the huddle, and it was probably one of the first two, Nick, where you, you said, let's talk about... Good and success and you know, making money and a bigger house and you know, popular and all and, and I'm thinking Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right, that's the track I'm on. And then Nick says, All right, now look on the, the heavenly side, the God side and it's humility, service and all these other things and I'm thinking, oh, Okay.
1: Here hmm. here's
2: it here's here's why God brought me here, you know. Yeah. And I, I didn't think that way, and I didn't make my list that way. I You know, I would have probably combined it all in one list and just tried to figure which one's number one versus number five, but you had separate lists, and those separate lists really just divided my mind and my heart and made me think, wow, I'm on the wrong side of this this line.
0: Man, you're right. You could sit here and we could we could talk a whole hour just on the huddle, you know, <laughs> that, that group right there, which is where it started. Right. Sounds like it may have started for you too. Well, no, it actually started before that. Because I think when I was going to uh, the Nazarene church there, I think I went through the uh, that movie with you, the Courageous movie with Courageous. you. Courageous, know? yeah, yeah. I think that was just before the huddle started or right around the same time it started. Sure, so sure. That was just amazing, just doing that with a group of men together, watching that movie and studying. There's a There was a study group right. that went with it. It was just so enriching at that point, at that time.
2: You know, an- another cool thing that, that, that impacted me is you know, I, I go into this new Bob's church, my new church across the street, and, you know, I, I see Nick go from, in, in you know, in church out to the counter, in church out to the counter. And he's wearing, you know, like a blue jean shirt or in some jeans. And I'm thinking, you know, and then they introduce him as a, they mentioned that he's the men's ministry guy. And usually that's a guy kind of in dockers and, a, you know, a little, uh, t- you know, button down <laughs> shirt. And, you know, and so I'm like, Nick. That that guy's the men's ministry guy, huh? So I was intrigued just in that alone. I mean Nick is a you know kind of a rugged, strong looking guy and he's dressed in a man, you know, kind of a, a, a man of the earth and I'm thinking, wow, I wonder what he's you know, what his training is. <laughs> and yeah, then your right. your training is life, you know. Yeah. And uh you know, and, and the time that that gentleman spent with you, you said the five years of kind of yeah peeling back peeling back the word and, and listening to Christian music and, and Moody yep. and just
1: yep. learning
0: so yep so so nick where since you've been you're not in tennessee you're obviously you're in indiana indianapolis area but um correct you you mentioned that you had gone to other men's groups is is there any of them that uh in, in tennessee or in indy uh men's groups or churches or anything that's had a big impact on you
1: when i got down to tennessee i ended up at a visiting churches. In fact, my wife and I visited either 22 or 23 churches before we decided where the Holy Spirit was going to lead us. So that took us several months just doing that. And we ended up actually attending two churches. Um, And that that in itself, like, why would you do that? And my question might be, why wouldn't you do that? Uh, So we ended up going to two churches. But in that process, I, I, I came across some other churches that had some things. And one of them was called World New Bethel World Outreach Church, I think, in Brentwood, and they were one of the few churches, again, most churches do not have a men's ministry, but they had more than that, so uh, I got familiar with them and what they were doing. They were very intentional. They had all kinds of things happening there, uh, and I got plugged in, and I did some stuff with them, so that had an impact on me, uh, just seeing what happens uh when a man does step up or the, the men's director, then he gets a team around him. This guy down there had 16 men on his team.
2: Hmm.
1: Did You guys hear me? Yes. 16 yes. That's, that's men amazing. on his team. Just on a team alone. Okay. Yeah, all more lay. disciples
2: than Jesus, huh?
1: All lay guys, right? Yeah. But yeah. that was yeah. a strong men's ministry where, I, I, I wouldn't even, I don't know if anybody else that's got a team like uh, JT McGraw is his name down there, but, he's, but he built that. It took wow. him years. It takes years to do that. But then I got introduced to introduce some other, one of them was uh, called Franklin Fellowship, which was actually at Darryl Waltrip's house, the NASCAR driver. And this wasn't at a church. Again, a group of men got together and started meeting once a week. And at that time, they'd been doing it for 30 years. And the typical average uh, age was probably 50 or 60 or even 70 in that group, uh, but there were 60 or 70 guys attending every week, and Daryl Waltrip took the time, and, and, and the money to uh, remodel his whole garage and finished it with patio doors just so they can hold that meeting there once a week. And he wow. wasn't able to park cars in his garage anymore. <laughs> that's,
0: so that's incredible. right. There's a
1: guy who said, I'm going to spend the money and he, he built the barn out back and they parked the cars back there. But still he made a commitment, right. To yes. at, to facilitate it at his house and he put money into it. And they've been doing it there for now probably 35 years. Wow. So again, seeing what happens when guys get together, stick together and, and push the boulder. If they'll, uh, persevere and endure uh, lives are changed and there's stories you know of course in all those um so those are probably the two biggest impacts down there
0: mm. and i think you can take that you know i'm sure you've taken that to your different huddle groups that you've gone to um you know you did yeah. mention you mentioned the word intentional many many times um share with yeah. us what, what it means to be intentional
1: means to do something. How's that? Just do something that's on the right side of the line, no matter what it is, because God'll if you'll just God says, if you want to be my disciple, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. So the last one's follow me. So we gotta go. We gotta be doing something. We gotta be inviting the next guy. We gotta be reading a book. We gotta be doing something. So you just gotta do something. And then he'll connect you to the next dot, the next dot, the next dot. Get involved.
0: Yeah, and do it, and do it that. Be intentional about it. Yeah, that's a good, good way to put it. Intentional, you know, do it on purpose. Just like
1: you two guys. I mean, doing this bo- podcast. I mean, it takes time, uh, it takes effort, um, but you're doing something.
0: Yeah, and, and and mostly, I think the you know you mentioned it too. The Holy Spirit leads you to this place and to your to your place. And I think the Holy Spirit's led Bob and I to this place myself. And uh, I know Bob agrees with me on that, right, Bob?
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, again, I've been trying to figure out different ministries that I could do from home since I, I, I had some health issues that keep me at home. And, and I've discussed it with Nick over a the duration of time. And, um, you know, I'll, and, and I've done some things. I've sent some, I, I send out spiritual uh, messages to men and, and, and try to, you know, encourage them during their day and that kind of thing. But then John called me out of the blue and said, would you be interested in doing a podcast with me? And I thought yeah, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, I I don't do any recording. I don't do any editing, John. I'm not great on the computer. I struggle, I struggle with that stuff, but I could certainly be on a phone call. And so, uh, our marriage was started then, and we decided to go ahead and, and launch the huddle, the huddle up. Mm. You know, Nick, I was going to ask you, uh, give give the men that are listening maybe uh, some suggested books that you found that can help a man make a transition or As you said, um, become more uh, intentional, or maybe, as you said, uh, kind of figure out uh, and take the next step and find out what real kingdom men are supposed to be doing if that's their, if that's their, just uh, God gets their heart on that.
1: Yeah, let's go back a step if you guys don't mind. Uh, Perfect. There's got to be a reason to read a book. And the reason we do stuff is because our thoughts become our beliefs our beliefs become our values our values become our actions our actions become our habits our habits become our character our character becomes our destiny and our destiny becomes our legacy but we got to change our thoughts and we don't do that enough we got the same old stuff in our hard drive and we go through the same old playbook doing the same old plays and some of those plays are bad so unless we go back and change our thoughts and the bible's clear we need to renew those mm. So the question is, how are you renewing your thoughts, right? Is it what I'm listening to on the TV? Is it is it what I'm reading, the sports page? Is it the stock market? Is that how I'm renewing my mind? No, you know, what are you reading? A should, all of Elvis should be reading the Bible, obviously, but that's a bare minimum. now well, what else are you reading? So that's why I got hooked on reading, because it changed my thoughts. And when my thoughts change, my beliefs change, when my beliefs change, my values change, when my values change, my actions change, when my actions change. My habits change, and my habits change, my character changes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, we as men must be reading. If you ain't reading, there's a problem. There's just a problem, and uh, that's just a line I draw with a lot of guys. You've got to be reading. You got to be listening to Moody Radio. So, with that said, um, well, boy. One other thing. One
2: one of your other catchphrases about um,
1: yeah,
2: uh, with reading and sure. Says, I, I, go ahead. What is it?
1: Well, there's, there's two things that impact men the most, practically yeah. speaking, and it's the men you hang out with, who are the men you're hanging out with, you know, and there's guys we hang out at work, I get it, but we're talking deeper stuff, we're back on the right side of the equation here, what are the five guys you're hanging out with, we're the average of the five guys we hang out with, whether it's at work or at church, we're the average of the five guys, so it's the, the men you hang out with, and number two, it's the books you read. The books you read or the radio you're listening to, right? The music you're listening to. What are they? Those are the things that have the biggest practical impact on you.
0: We've talked before about how the men are the nucleus of society. It it really is. And then there's, I think, what Bob was getting to is a little thing you say about uh, if you catch the man. Yeah.
1: Well God we were all that, created go in God's image, right? But however, God does have a priority list and he has different responsibilities. And it's obvious that the man who's responsible is responsible as the head of the house. Right. And if you take the man out, everything else just crumbles, and Satan knows that. But as men, we need to be we need to be taking responsibility that we've been given and the authority we've been giving and using it again on the right side of the T. What what's the playbook on the right side? Not the playbook on the left side, on the right side. The
2: right side being the kingdom
1: side. The kingdom side, the god side, the supernatural, the spiritual side. What is it? Right? So if we get the man, you get the family. If you get the family, you get the church. If you get the church, you get the community. If you get the community, you get the city. If you get the city, you get the county. If you get the county, you get the state. You change the state, you change the country, you change the world. Amen. But nothing happens until you get the man. Yep.
0: Amen. But again,
1: our enemy knows that. And yep. he has taken the kingdom man out.
2: Hmm.
1: You yeah, know, that's... The cultural Christian, the country club Christian man, he's out. He is out. Yeah. He's not a warrior. And Nick, I, read, I read a book not too long ago called, I think, The Roar of the Lion Within. And the, the gentleman says, He asks the question, are you a dangerous man? We all need to ask ourselves that. Are you a dangerous man? And his point was you're only dangerous if A, you know your identity, B, you know your purpose, and C, you know your mission. Hmm. It takes all three. You gotta know your identity, you gotta know your purpose, and you gotta know your mission. That's a dangerous guy.
2: Dangerous to who or what?
1: Well you tell me. I'll tell you what, he's dangerous because he's he's committed, he's intentional, and he's dangerous to the kingdom of darkness.
2: Yeah. And doesn't
1: God want dangerous men? I mean, Jesus was dangerous to the kingdom of darkness.
2: One of the important things you described is on the worldly side, we got a whole bunch of dangerous men.
1: Oh, yeah, we do. You know, our leaders and the
2: people in the community and the people at the country club and the people in your office that are, chasing the wrong thing and saying this is where we're going and people are following them and, and they're taking them right down Satan's path and they're telling them what books to read and they're how to get rich, successful and popular. You know, they're just the wrong books. And so, you know, I guess there's two kinds of dangerous man, the one that
1: yep. Satan yep.
2: loves and the one that Satan fears. And you're talking more about the one Satan fears that we're all trying to become, which is the one who's going to say no more.
1: And on the left side, it's all about the boardroom, the bedroom and the ball field. Hmm. The boardroom, the bedroom, and the ball field. Yeah, that's the market side. That's the human side. It's possession. It's the power. It's the greed. Nah, no, I'm sorry. No, it's. I don't think so. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: man, it's 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 it speaks to every man. It really does. Where's your priorities? You know. I,
1: I want Satan to say, "Oh shit, Nick's up again." nick got up again yeah
0: yeah (laughs) he's he's shaking in his boots that's for sure right
1: (laughs) yeah
2: that's going to be his autobiography oh yeah nick's awake nick's up again
1: but we all need that we all want that it's not from a prideful but i i I want to be a dangerous man for the kingdom yeah i want him to you know I, i want to be his navy seal
2: man and that's what I'm saying, as far as you know, Nick, is your autobiography. You encourage men to think that way, and no one, you know, very few people do. Even from the pulpit, we we rarely, if ever, hear that. Let alone well, have, anything on TV, anything that you're reading the newspaper, anything worldly at all. But even in our own churches, uh, there's not enough. I, I don't think there's enough emphasis on the importance of what you said. You know that whole that whole line of starting with getting the man. man and then his family and then the church you know they might talk about something like you know go out and change the culture well how do you do that and you've kind of described all the steps it takes it doesn't just somebody just doesn't go out one day and everybody you know starts doing what they say because you know
1: we got a gap we got we have a godly man crisis here in america for sure and the world but in america we have a godly man crisis right now yeah We think we're on a cruise ship. This ain't a cruise ship. This is a battleship mentality. Your thoughts are different when you're on a battleship. When you're on your cruise ship, you want people to serve you. What's for dinner? I want a big fluffy bed. Blah, 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 blah. We ain't on a cruise ship. No, you're not. You eat what you get, bunker down, and don't complain about your bed. (laughs) Man,
0: that's that's (laughs) the Nick I've come to know and love. Uh, He's just... You're we're right we're now, losing
1: yeah. our family. We're you're, losing our kids. Right. Our families are right. being destroyed. Divorce. It's just, what's going on? Yeah, and we, it,
0: don't, we don't hear that enough.
1: It's the godly man crisis, and we need to own it as men. Own it.
0: Yeah, we need to own don't it. it that that, it's us. Oh. Man.
1: Now what? Now what are you going to do to change that? What's your part? What's your mission? What's your purpose?
2: Yeah, you got to you know, We have that verse from Fight Club. We have that verse from Fight Club. Yep. Uh, where they're trying to rebuild the wall, and what was that yep. warrior's name? He had a, a, a Nehemiah. A, 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 Nehemiah. He had a you know a, a sword in one hand and a and a stone in the other, and he was Nehemiah. helping to the wall and protect him.
1: Yeah, we got to fight for our families. The books. I don't have that book with me today, but it's called I think the Lo- the roar of the lion within, and um, I think it's Brent Anderson is is that book B R E. B-R-E-N-T, Brent Anderson. But uh, I've got several other books I just happened to bring with me. I'll just read them off in case any of the listeners, uh, these had some real impact with me. Go right ahead. Uh, First one's called In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day. Wow. That's that's by Mark Batterson. Uh, I really like him. He's a pastor on the East Coast, but a lot of good books came from him. Uh, But this one was early in my journey. Uh, It's highlighted all over the place. Uh, Highly recommend it. In a pit with a lion on a snowy day. The next one is called uh, The True Measure of a Man. And it's written by Richard Simmons, S-I-M-M-O-N-S. Richard Simmons, The True Measure of a Man. Uh, Just Do Something. In fact, we just talked about it. That's a book that was written by a young pastor named Kevin D. Young. Kevin D. Young. Just Mm -hmm. Do Something something. The subtitle is a liberating approach to finding God's will. Yeah. Good one. Um, revolution by George Barna. Uh, that rocked my world. Uh, talks about the worn out church, talks about what's really going on in, uh, American Christianity. Uh, not what we think's going on, but what's really going on. And, uh,
2: Talk a little bit about the Barna, Nick, and and how you use Barna information in in your pursuit of men.
1: Well, George Barna's been doing uh, surveys and studies for 40 years. He's a doctor in theology from Dallas, I think, seminary. And uh, the book basically talks about the difference between what we say and what we teach and what we're actually doing. And there's such a gap between the two. There's such a gap. And uh, we need to know that. We need to address it. And again, it's reality. So now what? It's not what we necessarily say and how we think we are, but what are we actually doing as a church community? And and then focusing down, what am I doing as a man? Where am I at? So the, the facts and the surveys don't lie. And they're sobering because it's the truth. Let's just talk about reality. You know, the first thing a leader must do is define reality. If you can't define the reality, where are you living? Mm. Fantasy land. Yeah. So George Barna and that Barna group defines reality. Here's what the church is really doing. You know, let's talk about tithing. We're not tithing. We're not, you know, that's just one. We're not tithing. And we're commanded. Mm. We're, be, we're just disobedient. This was a great book recently, and this is by an author that's, Probably, I I never heard of this guy, but this book, again, has rocked my world. It's called Sonship, Restoring a Man's Identity. Sonship, Restoring a Man's Identity, and his name is Jay Cookingham. Jay Cookingham. Hmm. Uh, Powerful book. Didn't make the bestseller list. Probably uh, just one of those great books that's under the radar. Um, John Piper wrote a great book called Don't Waste Your Life. I mean, the title tells it like it is. Don't waste your life. You know, God's going to hold us all accountable. What did you do with my son Jesus that I gave you? What did you do with him? Hmm. Collect seashells in Florida? Build a second house? Uh, What'd that do for me? You know, God's going to ask us. Don't waste your life. Great book. Mark Batterson wrote another book called All In. I got a couple more, and then I'll shut up. Mark Batterson Mm -hmm. again, All In. What's it mean to be All In? I mean, All In. And then because I'm where I'm at in my life, uh, this last book's called The Gun Lap, Staying in the Race with Purpose, The Gun Lap. So in a race, if it's an eight-lap race, lap seven, the gun goes off again, and you know, and all the runners know, this is it, last lap. This is where you win or lose. So a lot of us are in the gun lap, right? If you're 50, 60, 70 years old, 80 years old, you could be in the gun lap at 30. We all don't know. But if you're up there in age, you're in your gun lap. The gun's gone off. Hmm. What are you going to do? How are you going to finish? And most men don't finish strong. It's just a fact. Again, there was a book written by um, former chancellor at Moody. I can't remember the name of the book, but it's something about most don't finish well or something. But again, statistics show we just don't finish well. Paul wanted to finish the race well. Finish well on the right side of the line, what's God good? Is God going to say, well done, good, and faithful servant? Is he really? Is he really going to say, well done? Are you going to go into home plate sliding with dirt all over, or are you going to go tiptoeing in there all clean, pristly, and, you know, what did you do with my son Jesus, he's going to ask you. What hmm. did you do with him? The,
0: the, the gun lap, you mentioned that. Who yeah. was, that? was that Mark Battison too?
1: No, that was Robert... Walgamuth, W O L G E M U T H, Walgamuth, Robert Walgamuth.
0: I mean, every one of them sounds like excellent books.
1: Oh, they're all, they're all, I, I, that's one reason I read them, I I keep them and I highlight them and then I use them at huddles. I'll just take a few books in and read a highlight and we got 15 minutes to talk about that highlight. So, (laughs) yeah, wow. Yeah.
2: Nick would say Nick would say those and fifty more, right?
1: Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely.
2: I've seen your but, I've seen your your piles of books when you when you come to do huddles and things.
1: So sure.
0: Sure. Hey, hey, Nick, would you mind sharing if uh, if there's anybody out there to be interesting and uh, interested in getting started in a huddle, or getting a huddle started themselves? How 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 would they? Would you suggest they go about doing that, or uh, is it something that you'd be open to discussing with them?
1: Well, uh, for sure, open to discussing. Right now, I facilitate three of them down here. I do uh, a, one at Wheeler Mission. I do one at a church called Second Presbyterian, which I don't even attend the church. I just know some guys over there, and we launched a huddle there. And then I do one for uh, a gentleman who owns a company who happens to be Christian, and he wanted me to start doing one with his guys. So it's it's a marketplace huddle that we do some leadership development and uh, team building, but without a doubt, faith is sprinkled in there, uh, so it has a, a, a 50/50 flavor, if you will. But the other two are definitely faith-based huddles. Uh, anybody would be more than welcome to come down and sit in any time, uh, and/or if uh, living up there, I'd be more than happy to come up there and uh, you know get me 15 guys in a room, and I'll I'll come up there and we'll do a huddle.
0: Right. Is there, is there you an email give your address? there phone
2: number or contact? Oh, there we go.
1: Exactly. Pardon? I, you give been a
2: phone number or an email? What would be the Yeah, obviously Obviously, the they
1: in. can contact you because you're my wingman, Bob, so they can get a hold and of all, you directly. Or uh, you can call me at 219 405 2465 and I'll definitely help you launch and I'll come demonstrate one or two or whatever it takes. Yeah.
2: That's, you know, we we because it's a uh, it's our our broadcasts are on Spotify and Apple and a couple different uh, mediums, so there could be people listening from around the country, and so um, you're you're I just gonna have to pay to the for my flight. The they're gonna
1: pay, they're gonna pay for my <laughs> flight and my food, <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, and
1: I'll be there.
0: Nixon uh, eater, I'm right? Not sure which bill will be higher? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh man, get me there and fill me up, and I'm good. <laughs> So, and if you can't pay to, if you can't pay to fly me there, we'll figure it out. But you still got to pay for my food, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man,
0: that's incredible. Um, I got one more powerful question I want to ask you. But Bob, is there anything else you want to cover with Nick, or Nick, anything you want to share before we close? We
2: we we've, we've been trying to emphasize on this program, um, on the podcast, just saying yes. When a man asks you to follow him, when God asks you to follow a man who invites you to a group, to a Bible study, mm-hmm. and to be vulnerable and just be honest and start, you know, listen to what people are saying, uh, participate, and, and uh, see how it impacts you and, and how you can impact your family and otherwise. So what do you see as the, the biggest uh, benefit of, of men's huddle, men's group gatherings when as opposed, you know, where two or men are ga- two or more are gathered in my name, you know, so it could be like you and, and the gentleman that discipled you for months, and then it could be sixty or seventy guys in in Tennessee at Darrell Waltrip. So, what's the dynamic that you see or that you really believe and have seen work, in in changing men and helping them get on the on the, the right side of the line or the or the kingdom side?
1: Men follow men, so anywhere in that context, whether it's inviting guys and then sitting in the group um, it's the impact that happens because of that that process, I guess. So uh, I I don't know if that's what you, how do you impact the guy to cause him to do some active thinking? And then, you know, can you be there to walk them, walk through it with them? You know, God handles the rest, but it's just being intentional about impacting and get some active thinking. Get into the tension of what's good on this side, what's good on that side. That's tension. What, the tension on what's success on this side and what's success. You know, sometimes we want to be politically correct. and don't want to offend anybody. Jesus offended people all the time that were religious, that thought they were in the game. He drew lines in the sand, and he offended them. People left his sermons. We need to be comfortable with tension. And men need to follow. Men will follow if we'll ask them to so we need to get uncomfortable get in attention keep asking guys to listen to the podcast keep asking guys to come to to the group and then just do something doggone it do something
0: uh one question i have is nick what do you see yourself doing where's god calling you for the next five ten years
1: well the bible's clear that uh, you know you can have your plans but god directs your steps so that. uh Bob Clark knows that the overall game plan for me is this thing called the locker room. And uh, that's a 20 or 30 or 50-year journey if God keeps me on earth that long. But uh, if that doesn't happen and he doesn't tell me not to pursue that, uh, that's my goal is to start launching the locker rooms in every state across the country. In the meantime, I just keep doing the huddles uh, wherever the door opens. And I keep ministering to men the best I can because, again, that's my calling. Yeah, That is without a doubt my calling is to impact men. Uh, so I keep doing the huddles. Uh, my new responsibility at this firm is I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat of a team life coach. I'm also the company chaplain. Uh, so impact men for me and uh, big term if, if the Lord comes through and uh, decides to bless us with we we need some we need a huge financial uh, resource right now we can launch the locker room that's the only thing that's holding us back Hmm.
0: if there's people interested in doing that how would they uh, be able to get a hold of the locker room and get and contribute if they'd like to
1: call bob clark as my wingman or call me at 219-405-2465 okay all right but you got to be. You got Bob. I think will agree. You got to be have the capacity of big vision. If you don't have capacity for big vision and long shots, it'll it'll scare scare you. Yeah. So you got to have a big yeah, vision, we, and that's not for everybody, and that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. So we need a big vision kind of guy. But what you're talking
2: about, John, you know, is is you know, taking this approach. To large cities in every state and having an, an active version of a of a huddle but more you know more yes. programs more disciples you know more godly men bringing along men and, and and showing them the way so but as he said it's a vision and we've we've collectively tried nick and i have tried to you know uh reach out to people that we might know or that we don't know for resources to try to launch the locker room and so Uh, Nick's been very dogged in that approach, and I believe that God will, you know, has used him in his calling and will continue to use him in his calling. And if that's the locker room, and someone's inclined to help finance that and get it launched, uh, I think it would would do wonders for our communities, our states, our country, everything he described.
0: Absolutely, for the men, for the men, for the men, for for the men. Wow, do it all for God's glory, guys. Right. I'm, I'm in, in. You know, I'm just enthused. You know, you guys you just light the fire in me again, you know, and, and uh, made me think, actively think, and that's good, and that's that's what I missed. Good. That's what I missed about you being around, Nick, and uh, teaching me to oh, think Oh, around. I was just going to say, I really appreciate you, Nick, and, and taking the time to just talk to Bob and I. This is, I think it's amazing what you're doing and what you've done.
1: Thank you. Thank you. And
0: I, it's it's simple
1: obedience, I, you know. If you're if you're walking and living in it's just simple obedience. That doesn't mean it's easy, but it's, you just obey. Yeah, I
2: think it means most of the time it's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah it, you yeah. know. And Nick and Nick has said, you know, I mean, uh, I think that is a, a it's a Yiddish saying. It is a uh, man plans and God laughs, and yeah. you know, we've sure. seen that in our own lives. We've seen that in. Yeah. Discussions we've had with other men. Oh, I'm going to do this, that, and the other, and God says, "No, you're not. I'm going to take right. your health away. I'm going to take your business right. away. I'm right. going to take your life right. away. I'm right. Right. You're going to have your your family die. You know, then we'll see you step up, and that's your plan. I, I got a different road for you. So, mm. um, all right, Nick, we would ask you if you don't mind, uh, since we don't have any other questions for you, we appreciate all the information you provided to the listeners. Would you mind praying us out?
1: I'll pray you out with this simple deal here, gentlemen. Be dangerous. Okay. Know your identity, know your purpose, know your mission, and go. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. That's right. Thanks, Nick. And, Bob, thank You're you welcome. also. All right. So thanks, everybody, for listening this week. Join us back again next week as Huddle Up continues uh, in the month of March. Huddle up, guys. Huddle up. If you'd like to get in touch with Bob or John, just email us at huddleupcast at gmail.com. That's huddleupcast at gmail.com. And also check out our Huddle Up website at www.podpage.com slash huddle hyphen up hyphen one forward slash. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Huddle Up. We hope you are enjoying this series. We encourage you to take the time to read some of the books our guests recommend each week and join us again next week for another chance to huddle up.